Hello, welcome to another episode of Talking Weather. In this episode, I want to talk about cold fronts and air masses. Cold fronts, warm fronts, and air masses. And what all of these things mean. So, basically an air mass is a large mass of air, really, in essence, that can cover a large swath of continent. Um, There can be an air mass covering the entire, pretty much the entire southeastern sector of the United States, for example. So it is an air mass with very similar um, characteristics of temperature and humidity in the same area. Um, So, for example, let's say there's a warm and humid air mass covering the southeastern United States in the month of May. Um, And um, we would call that a maritime tropical air mass. I'll get into those names in a second. Um, But this is essentially a warm, humid air mass covering a large portion of land. Um, That's an air mass. Uh, Another example of an air mass is... Uh, Let's say it is the month of February in the Pacific Northwest and we have uh, a large area under the influence around the same kind of temperature and humidity levels and it is a cool, moist air mass. That's also an air mass. Now that would be considered a maritime polar air mass. Now let's get into all these names. So th- these these names are derived from uh, where the air mass originates. Um so we're talking warm air masses and cold air masses here. Um let's start with the warmer air masses. So warmer air masses tend to generate in they form in the tropics and they advance northward or southward depending on which hemisphere you are they'll advance towards the poles and cold air masses tend to form form in they they form in the the polar regions and they advance towards the tropical regions so that is northward if you are in the southern hemisphere and southward if you are in the northern hemisphere so that would that's where the T is coming from at the when we say maritime tropical air mass MT or continental tropical air mass CT we're we're saying that the air mass originated in a tropical region. So continental tropical air masses as you may imagine they form over continents so they're much drier. Um that that is a warm, dry kind of air mass, usually not a lot of precipitation associated with that air mass. Maritime tropical air masses form over tropical oceans, and therefore they are very humid in nature. They're warm, humid air masses with a lot of moisture in them, and typically there will be a lot of precipitation in that air mass. Uh, both in the form of low pressure systems and uh, mostly in the form of convective precipitation. 
I talked about the convective precipitation in more detail in episode two. Um, and that's basically when you have really warm, humid air just um, rising throughout the day with the sunshine uh, as the, the air warms even more and rises and then forming storm clouds and those clouds usually um, dump rain and storms in the afternoon, uh, late afternoon, early evening. So, so continental tropical and uh, is dry, warm air that originates in the tropics. Maritime tropical is dry, uh, warm, humid air that originates in the tropics. Uh, continental polar air masses are cold, dry air masses that form in the polar regions, usually around uh, northern Canada or... Uh, Northern Europe, Scandinavia, Northern Russia, uh, those areas. Uh, also, in the Southern Hemisphere, in uh, Southern Argentina, in the Antarctica, Patagonia region. Um, also, just, um, you know, uh, south of Australia as well. Um, so, you know, areas that are near the... Um, polar, uh, that are in polar latitudes. Now, maritime, uh, but over, mind you, over land. Uh, these, these will form over land. M- maritime polar air masses form over wa- in polar regions, but they form over water. So they are usually cold, but moist, uh, air masses and there can be precipitation associated with these whereas with continental polar air masses usually there's not much precipitation usually it's a pretty dry um pretty dry cold air mass now there is even another category that we experience um in the uh well i guess technically both hemispheres uh arctic or Antarctic air masses, depending on which hemisphere you are. These are very bitter, extremely bitter, cold, dry air masses that form over the Arctic regions, uh, over the Arctic Circle. So they're even colder than the polar air masses. They're even colder and drier. They're bitter, bitter, cold, dry air masses that... Uh, they only go, they only really push far, far south uh, in the wintertime, in the fall and wintertime. They pretty much never penetrate south during spring or summer, uh, at least not very far south. Um, but during the wintertime, these bitter, cold, dry air masses can make it all the way down well into the United States. Um sometimes into the Caribbean, but of course, by the time it reaches the Caribbean, it has modified, the air mass has warmed somewhat, as modified as it's mixed with warmer air as it heads southward uh, towards the tropics. But, you know, it still causes way below average temperatures, like as far south as the tropics sometimes when it makes that push. Same thing with uh, the southern hemisphere, I can attest to that because I lived in Brazil for a long time and sometimes there would be a very strong uh, polar air mass 
um, and it would actually make it all the way to the Amazon region of Brazil and northern Brazil where it's almost never the temperature is almost never uh, below 70 Fahrenheit 22 Celsius um, and it, the temperature would sometimes get as far down as 59 Fahrenheit 15 Celsius which is very uncommon for that tropical Amazon rainforest area that almost never happens. So um, that can have the, these air masses can during the winter time, particularly in both hemispheres, uh, that is around July for the southern hemisphere, around January for the northern hemisphere, um, the peak of winter that is, um, is when these air masses can can go pretty far south. Um, these cold Arctic or polar air masses, uh, the. Arctic air masses um, are more common in North America from what I've experienced because when I lived in Brazil, there wouldn't, uh, it, in there it would be called the Antarctic air mass. But when I was living in Brazil, there wasn't really much. Uh, and I think it's because Brazil is a, in latitude wise, it is closer to the tropics, but I would pretty much never hear about Antarctic air masses. I would hear about polar air masses a lot, but not Antarctic air masses. And I think the Antarctic air masses, I don't know, I'm not quite sure if Argentina labels them as Antarctic air masses because they would experience Antarctic air masses, I imagine. But um, I think it was pretty much just, they would just say polar air masses across the board. Even a really cold dry air mass that would like set record-breaking uh low temperatures uh, where i lived in brazil was called a polar air mass not an antarctic air mass so it's interesting that that nomenclature and how it works but um anyways um that's uh in essence those are all the different types of air masses that exist and so let's talk a little bit about fronts now fronts a coal a front is a, the leading leading edge of an air mass. So if it's a leading edge of a colder air mass clashing up against a warmer air mass, that's going to be a cold front. If it's the leading edge of a warmer air mass clashing up against the colder air mass, that's a warm front. There's also another front uh, we call it's an occluded front. Now an occluded front, uh, you'll see it uh, usually as a purple drawing as a uh, purple line on the weather map. Uh, surface weather map um occluded front is basically it forms when a cold front overtakes a warm front so what's happening is in that case is you have cold air behind the cold front um warm air ahead of the cold front and behind the warm front. But then, uh, ahead of the warm front, you have cool air. Um, not necessarily cold, but cool. And so the, the cold front, it, it, because cold air is denser, cold fronts tend to move quicker than warm fronts. And a lot of times... Uh, in certain regions, certain parts of the front, the cold front will overtake the warm front. Uh, 
Um, and when that happens, or when it merges, maybe not overtake, but merge it, it'll merge with the, with the warm front. And when it merges with the warm front, it all becomes an occluded, that piece of the front becomes an occluded front. And an occluded front has cold air behind it that's overtaken the warmer air already, and it has cool air ahead of it. So the air ahead of it is like cooler than the air that was um, ahead of the cold front, but it's still not as cold as the air that's behind the cold front. So if a, an occluded front is coming through an area, do just like you would during a cold front, still expect a drop in temperature after that frontal passage. Um, so yeah, in essence, that is, those are the uh, main three types of fronts uh, that I can, that I'm thinking of at the moment. Uh, let me, just to throw this out there, uh, I mean, I don't know if some, some might argue this isn't technically another type of front, but, um, there is also what we call a stationary front, which is a cold front that has kind of stalled out. Um, it's not that it's not moving at all because the atmosphere is always moving, but it's moving very, very slowly. So it's essentially as if it weren't moving, as if it were almost stalled out over a certain region. Um, so it's, you know, dumping copious amounts of rain usually, um, in one area, but like the ahead of it, it's like continuously sunny and warm because the front hasn't been able to advance. Um, and, uh, but as a consequence, unfortunately, it does cause excessive rainfall in some areas because it, it'll be sitting over those areas for a long time. And so you'll see that depicted as kind of a a mix of a cold and a warm front, like uh, an arrow to the bottom with the cold front and then an arrow to the top and then the bottom. You'll see it as, if you look at a weather map, a surface weather map, you'll understand what I mean. But um, it, it has a different kind of depiction to, to show that it... What it is in essence is it's a really slow moving cold front, but it's depicted as a stalled out front. Um, another, this might not technically qualify as a front, but I'll just put it out there, uh, is a dry line. And the dry line is essentially a boundary in between a drier air mass and a warmer not warmer necessarily, but a drier air mass and a m more humid air mass. Um, and so when, if drier air is progressing and overtaking um, humid air, that would that boundary would be called a dry line. Um, anyways, um, that's that's pretty much it for for air masses and fronts uh, that that'll wrap up this episode. But um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was informative. Um, and I'll see you next time. Also, thank you for listening.